0: Welcome to VPG's Virtual Water Cooler Chat Podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence so we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. Today, we'll chat with Micah Chi. Micah leads international marketing for Charles Schwab, a financial services company. Prior to Schwab, Micah held marketing roles in education technology, telecommunications, and defense systems where she led cross-channel growth marketing initiatives across paid media, social media, email, print, events, out-of-home, and direct mail. Micah graduated from George Mason University with a BA in Advertising and a minor in Business and holds an MBA from Georgetown University. She thrives on connecting people and ideas to deliver great outcomes. Hello
1: Micah, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very
1: good. Thank you so much for agreeing to take the time on this fine Thursday morning to um, appear on our virtual water cooler chat. I'm so happy to have you.
2: It is an absolute pleasure to be here. It's actually the eve of my 40th birthday and I can't really imagine being anywhere else but chatting with you, talking about lessons learned in life and, um, you know, hopefully being able to empower women out there who, you know, kind of want to make a change in the world as well.
1: Happy early birthday Thank you. Major milestone. But you look like you're in 20. Must be those Asian genes. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that I wanted to ask you is that you are in international marketing at Charles Schwab. And can you share with us this story of how you get there? And whether you think that this is the right path for you.
2: Sure. So um, I've been in marketing over the last uh, close to 20 years now. Um, I got my first marketing job as a junior while working full time. I was also um, in college full time, and I wanted to get my foot in the door in marketing. Um, I, you know, growing up, I was always just a very creative person. And so um, it really wasn't until my junior year of high school where I took a fashion marketing class with a wonderful teacher, Mrs. Campbell who really opened my eyes to the idea of the fusion of business and creativity. And I think that was really where the spark was born at that moment in time. And I'm like, I kind of want to do marketing. So, you know, I went into my freshman year of college, took, you know, a lot of the one-on-one courses that we typically need to take. But as I started building out my schedule, you know, as I progressed through school, I started leaning a lot more on the combination of like business courses and advertising courses and graphic design and, you know, and the history of color and and messaging and communications and all of that kind of stuff. And so um, I knew, you know, I think pretty early on that this is what I wanted to do. Now, I didn't know how to get there, which is why I was like scrambling to find a job my junior year of high school, because I didn't know at the time, but apparently I'm very competitive, but primarily with myself. And so, you know, junior year, I was kind of like sending my resume out there to a lot of the local agencies, marketing, advertising agencies, and um, it really only takes one to bite, and I got my first job, and, you know, I've been in marketing ever since. I, you know, the path hasn't been straight. I don't think it really is straight for a lot of people, Um it has been jagged, right? Like while I've been in marketing for most of my career, really I've been in different industries, right? So from education technology, to defense systems, to telecommunications, to, you know, publicly traded corporations, to private, to trade associations, you know, I think the core of it is like the job was applicable to any sort of industry that that I was in. I'm currently in financial services. And um, what's great about it, I think at the core of what marketing is, is knowing your audience and being able to, um, you know, market to your audience or talk to your audience in the way that they want to be talked to so that they can, you know, have an attachment to your brand or the company that you're trying to market for.
1: So thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people have different, basically the path are meandering. I myself was never thought that I would get into the legal industry. I wanted to do policy research when I first graduated and then somehow got a 10 drop and then it just meandered me to the legal industry. So yeah, absolutely agree with you in terms of, but you know, when the path is not straight sometimes you just kind of pick up a little wisdom along the way. And I think that in hindsight, the moments that are the hardest Are the ones that are most worthwhile
2: agreed yeah agreed completely i think it takes a lot of self-reflection too as you progress through that very jagged path right of like what it is that you enjoyed about that previous experience or that previous job or that previous manager to be able to either go this way or this way right based on what you like and you don't like and then it's kind of continuing that on forward so the more you build your experiences the more exposure you have to different things the more you kind of know what you want and what you don't want right and it, and it really just leads to you know something better on the other side of it in spite of overcoming a hard obstacle sometimes
1: and also like as we grow older we are a bit more confident about like recognizing, oh, I really don't want this. This is really not yeah. aligned with our own values. When we we're young, we we're just like so much people pleasing. It was like, oh no, I'll just do everything. Like, no, I'm not going to do everything. <laughs> it's not aligned exactly. with who I am, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Your boundaries you find... start
2: getting bigger and bigger for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then people was like, oh, she's not the same person that she used to be. Can you share with us uh, your cultural background? And um, do you think that? Culture has anything to do with who you are today?
2: Sure, yeah. So I was born in the Philippines. Um, I moved over to Virginia when I was 10 years old. And in fact, coming from the Philippines to here, I think is one of the most pivotal moments of my life, one of the more momentous experiences. Um, I got on a plane all by myself at 10 years old and flew over here. And for those that have flown to Asia before, it's like over 23 hours to fly, um, you know, from you know, one part of the world to, to another. And so, I, you know, I really think that um, that brought a sense of adventure um, and, and instilled a sense of adventure in me. I don't think I was scared, really. I don't remember feeling scared. I think it was part of like this independent streak that got ignited in me when I was flying all by myself. Um, I felt like a big girl, right, at 10 years old. And, I, you know, I really think that the sense of wonder kind of was also instilled in me. Like, wow, I'm moving from, you know, the Philippines, which has a totally different culture than America right and I mean just you know the differences in how people talk how people dress the food that they eat the television shows that they watch right in my 10 year old self it was just a complete being kind of put into a completely different world and so you know how that kind of like uh, shaped me to who I am today I mean You know i have the heritage of being filipino but i'm also american and i'm an immigrant right and so to me what's been instilled in me is sort of like constantly work hard you know a family is very important right so not only do i always want to keep my family around my extended family is here in in virginia as well and we just love to be around around our bigger extended family um And, you know, really, I grew up with a a very strong background in uh, Catholicism, and so religion is a very important aspect of our lives. you know, now growing up, um, I really extend that a little bit more to spirituality and kind of um, being grateful to a higher being or a higher power. Um, And so I think there's just a lot of different ingredients that have been put in me um, that, that just makes me who I am. And... Um, of course, my lens is always going to be different from somebody else's, um, but I do think that that particular experience moving from the Philippines at ten years old has shaped just like my my lens, right? like the filters that I have in in, in my everyday experiences.
1: Wow, well, well, as you know, I'm an immigrant myself. I wasn't like I did not come here by myself. It was actually I think I came when I was like eleven or something like that with my parents and my two brothers. And at that time, Pan Am was still an airline <laughs> some time ago, right? So you see how things have changed. Our first port of entry is uh New York at JFK. And then we had to then go to um Dallas Airport because my maternal side of the family are all mostly in Virginia. So that's how we got here. And the first year when I got here, I didn't feel the independence that you had felt. So a lot of bravery. I mean, and when you said that you were not scared, I was scared. I was totally scared. I'm like, I don't speak English. I have no idea how I'm going to like integrate. And I had to leave my friends. I didn't want to leave my friends in Hong Kong because that's sort of like your world. And so I told my parents, like why do we have to go there? You know? But in hindsight, it was really, really a great decision, a lot of bravery on their part that we got here because of that I got education, but I'm also really I guess at all at how I've known you for some time, but I had never known that story about how you just flew here by yourself. Wow. Kudos to you. My
2: parents were to be fair. My parents were on the receiving end. So they were here in Virginia waiting for me at the airport. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a fun experience. I I gotta say I have a nine-year-old daughter, Bella, and I have a four-year-old daughter, Natasha, And now having a nine-year-old, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I can send her off into an airplane by herself and have her fly by herself for 20 plus hours. I mean, I can barely let her walk to the bus stop by herself right now. So I'm still working on that one.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the society has changed so much too. You know, before people were much more down to earth and there was so much less societal issues. So I think that, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of not letting her fly by herself at a nine-year-old, you know? So since you're in marketing, and I'd like you to kind of talk about the brand of Micah and maybe use about three words that best describe you.
2: Oh, um, that's a good one. I would say, you know, the first would be resilient for sure. Right. Um, You know, I've, I've gone through different, like I just talked about my experience moving from one country to the other. And really I think it takes a certain type of resilience to just overcome different obstacles in your life, not let it get you down. And of course it's okay to be down at that moment, but use it as a, an experience to propel yourself forward. And so that's what I pride myself on is that, yes, I can, you know, be upset. I can be sad, but, you know, two, three days later, I can kind of just continue with that path and move forward. Um, The second that I would say is loyal. Um, You know, I, like I mentioned, I'm very close to my family. And so um, I hope that my family considers me to be dependable, to be around for them, to, you know, put my family first and just like ensure that I'm doing the best I can for the benefit not only for my husband and my my children but you know for the broader broader family. And then the third is and this is an interesting one I had to think about this one for a second. I would say unscripted. You know, I think in a lot of my life from a marketing perspective, from a professional perspective, from a 10-year-old girl's perspective, a lot of things were scripted, right? Like, you know, when I'm Doing my work within marketing, there's a lot of iterations to get to, you know, a web page or an email or whatever the case may be. But if I really look deep down into myself, I think that sense of adventure that I talked about earlier, that sense of wonder, is really about not being tied to a particular path and being okay with. Having unfilled pages of a book, so not being totally scripted into something. And so, you know, I'm, I think, generally open into what's to come next. I obviously have goals for myself professionally and personally, but the sort of details on how to get there, I'd prefer for it to be a little bit more open and blank canvas and, you know, open for that space for, for, for things to
1: happen. I think listening to you, what I can hear is that you are very centered. Most of the days, probably. (laughs) So I think people who have a much more centered identity, like you are very um, close to your family, family sometimes is most of the times is what actually keep a person in center in today's world is like, especially for a successful professional woman, it's like right now we might all look very like calm in front of the screen. It's like, okay, get your bag, get your lunch, you know, go to the school lunch and stuff. And so I think that like that center from the moment that you got on, I already can feel that presence. So again, kudos to you. <laughs> um, And I think that people do that are like have that mental balance, and I think that's what we all like seek, right? We wanted to be successful in our personal life. We wanted to be successful in our professional life, so we are fulfilled with what we do. But when there's like choices to be made, especially when it conflicts, when our identity conflicts of being a mother a professional and about being micro, how you actually choose your path and how you stay centered and flexible, sometimes it's a sign of confidence. What do you think about that?
2: Yes, um, for sure you know, I, I, and I just want to go back to your one point. Yes, I try to be as centered as possible, but that doesn't mean that I didn't rush my kids off this morning before this podcast, right? Um, okay. You know, I was frantically <laughs> drinking coffee and putting my kids' lunch in their lunch boxes and, you know, making sure that they had their socks on and their shoes on before heading out the door. So I think it happens to the best of us. You know, we, we try to do the best that we can to make sure that, life is as wholesome as possible, and there's lots of things that are happening within trying to keep, you know, all of that intact and wholesome. Um, but really, you know, I think it boils down to physical strength, mental strength, and spiritual strength. And I think the confidence comes from being able to kind of understand who you are wholeheartedly and accepting who you are, right? Um, I would say that as a kid, like, you know, I was telling you earlier that I've always been competitive, not with others, but with myself. And I didn't really know that actually until like a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh, that's why. And what that means for me personally is that I'm hard on myself, right? Like I want to continuously beat my best and um i think confidence comes from knowing that you're enough and that you're fine and that you know anything you know kind of beyond what you're working on is icing on the cake but the core of who you are is enough and it's okay and you have contributions to the world and to just be kind to yourself right um and so you know I think confidence comes in many different forms, whether it's, like, self-talk, self-reflection, you know, other people acknowledging you, you know, for who you are and what you try to become, and then kind of, like, feeling confident from other people's comments of you. Um, So there's just a lot of different flavors, and honestly, I think understanding that, too, like, what boosts my confidence is uh, just as healthy as trying to do the inner, inner self work.
1: I think the inner self is certainly important so that you could tame your monkey mind (laughs) but at the same time it's like knowing for example your family knowing that like they got your back something happened like i had a bad day come back here just hug your girls you know hug benny you're all good (laughs) right maybe not and maybe they're just like you know upsetting you and you go to talk to your friends and just hang out with the girls and just do your, like a girl's bar or something, a women's bar or something like that, and then you'll be fine. So I think that having that type of outlet and knowing that you have people that basically have your back. I think that has been very important for me. Like for example, there are times when I came out to be a business owner, I didn't know how to do a lot of stuff. I know how to do my core business stuff, you know, filing. Those are actually okay. But the different difference is when I am not only serving, no longer serving as a paralegal, I have to have vision to guide not only myself, but my business. And then navigating that water in the legal industry, what about liability? What about, you know, like, what if I made a mistake? Like people said that, oh, you know, a failure you could, you could like overcome. Some failure you cannot overcome. You just have to like, so I've listened to Simon Sinek and he, I like what he said is like, I mean, I prefer to fall, but not fail. Cause falling, I can actually get back up. And I've also been like, I love when you said that you're competitive with yourself and not with others, because I'm super competitive, but with myself and a lot of people thought that I'm competitive with them. I'm like, I'm not even competing with you. So I think people may misunderstand our motives and then sometimes absolutely hard on myself. So I'm really, really glad that we have this talk because we are often our own harshest critic. And we don't give ourselves enough credit. It's like, hey, you know what? You did this. That's particular, you know, experience is worthwhile enough. It doesn't matter what people say, because they're not living your life. You are living your own life. So I thought that, you know, a lot of wisdom. You know, and you are only almost 40. <laughs> Just think about how this is gonna go. Now, based on your Personal and professional experience. You mentioned that you have two daughters, uh, Bella and Natasha. I sometimes ask people who is their role model. I'm going to turn this around a little bit. I wanted to know, based on your experiences, how do you empower your two girls? And do you adjust it differently based on one over the other?
2: Uh, You know, my two girls definitely have different personalities. They're both super sweet, very lovable, but they could not be any more opposite from each other. Um, But really, you know, if I were to pass on two words of wisdom for them, you know, I think it would be these two things. The first is to be kind to others. I think, you know, kindness is the crux of humanity. And without kindness nothing else can exist, right? Like there's no compassion for others. There's no understanding. There's no inclusivity um, and there's no acceptance, right? And so I think I just want my children to be kind, right? And it's funny because even from, you know, preschool, my, 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 my children's teachers have asked, so what's your goal for Bella? What's your goal for Natasha? And it's never academic though. Of course, I would love for my children to be, you know, academically sound, the very first thing I always say is I want them to be taught kindness, right? Because, you know, as, as you instill those in your children, like they grow up to just be contributing people to society. The second part, you know, I think is uh, one of the adjectives I describe for myself, which is resilience. I don't say resilient, you know, be resilient to them. I say try hard, Right. Whether it is in tennis class, whether it's you're you know, you're doing multiplication of fractions, whether it's, you know, you're doing um, arts and crafts in your preschool program, um, or whatever the case may be, it's just try hard. You could, I, I tell them you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be a genius, but as long as you know that you are trying hard, your hardest for yourself, I will never be disappointed in you. You can get a bad grade in something, but know that if you've tried hard to get there, that's okay. And I think that's to your point about, you know, falling, not failing, right? Like when you try hard and still don't make it, yes, it could be that you fell a little bit, but you knew that you tried hard so you can get back up and you can continue to try. Versus failing is such a, sometimes a harsh word, especially for children, right? Where it's like, I've failed. I can't get myself out of that like fail box and then I'm not going to get myself out of it. Right. And so I think trying hard is sort of that resilient mentality to keep on going, right. That there's always going to be obstacles in life. There's always people that are going to probably get in your way or things that are going to get in your way or, or, or circumstances that's going to get in your way, but you have to find a way to overcome those circumstances to continue to be on the other side of it. They probably think I'm like way too preachy, but I say these things to them all the time. So, and you know, my little four year old is like, "Okay, mom, thank you. Can I get candy now?"
0: <laughs> oh, blah blah blah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I've actually been thinking about fa- uh, failing, falling, and rejections a lot, especially since I come out to be on my own, right? And so I listened to, I uh, think, a podcast from Jamie Kermer Lima, and she said that rejection is God's protection of you, because it's basically it's not meant to be. You know, if you accept accepted something that is not meant to be, then your true north may have no longer be your true love. So I thought that that was interesting. And I know, I mean, I'm okay with you being preachy. One of the things that I wanted to ask you then is that in today's world, there's a lot of people who are not so kind. So when you actually teach the girls to be kind, how do you reconcile sometimes when there are people are not reciprocate to them? being kindness?
2: So the, one, the number one thing I tell my girls, and this is a, a practice I have for myself as well, is the only thing you can change is yourself, right? How others treat you, you can't control. It might be upsetting. It might be frustrating. You know, they might t- treat you terribly, but that's on them. And you can never really change them. You can change yourself. You can change how you approach the situation. Um, so I tell my girls, like, Put yourself yourselves in their shoes. You know, oh, you know, mom, this, this one girl is being, you know, really mean to me on the playground. She's kind of bullying me a little bit. While the mama bear in me wants to protect her and be like, oh, you know, it's terrible that this girl is being mean to you. The other side, the more calm centered mom in me says, think about what they're going through maybe they don't have any friends. Maybe they don't feel accepted by their parents. Maybe they don't feel accepted by their friends. So I really just try to get them to put themselves in the shoes of others and how the the unkindness might come out based on how somebody else is feeling. Because at the end of the day, I think the core of all of us as human beings is to just want to be seen. And sometimes it comes out you know, as a, as a, you're like the shining angel that you're just like this, you know, beautiful glowing child, but sometimes it comes out in folks bullying, saying mean things to others, doing mean things to, you know, to children on the playground, as is the case with my daughter. So, you know, I think we have to be able to see the person for who they are um, and address that. And then, you know, the only thing you can change is yourself. And so that's what I try to tell my
1: children. Is hurt people hurt people. That's right. Yep. I really love the lessons that you are sharing with us in how you empower Bella and Natasha. Now, what do you do to balance your work stress, life stress, and do things for my cat?
2: Um, It depends on the day. There's just like, it, it, there's never a perfect formula. So if someone out there has the perfect formula, let me know. Um, But earlier I mentioned physical strength, mental strength, and spirituality, and I really try to do the best that I can in those three areas for myself to be able to be a better person for my kids, my husband, my family, my job, everything else. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic... I got onto meditation and actually one of the reasons I got into meditation was my oldest daughter started having anxiety during the pandemic. And I didn't know that I needed this at the time, but when I was doing the, you know, research and um, they were saying, you know, meditation could be good for children, and so I downloaded an app and Bella and I would lay down right before she goes to sleep and we would meditate together. And like I said, I didn't know that I needed meditation at the time, but this was during the pandemic. I mean, everyone was stressed. There was a lot of unknowns, right? And I saw that it was helping her. And, you know, I think that she kind of progressed out of her anxiety a little bit and we worked through all of that separately. But I was finding that I was meditating by myself because it was just really helpful. It helped to center me. It helped to kind of clear you know, like you said, the, my monkey mind and kind of clear the cobwebs. And, like, meditation for me helps to declutter my mind, right, um, put, uh, put away all the things that are unnecessary and keep in my mind and my core what really is important. And so meditation is a central part of my life now, um, but also just, like, walking, weightlifting, exercising, exercising, being outdoors, right? Taking a breather, getting fresh air, getting sun. My favorite thing to do with my family um, is just go to the beach. And I think it's just the calmness of the ocean really, really makes me feel good. The sun makes me feel good. You know, putting my toes in the sand makes me feel good. So, you know, I, I try to do all those things that make me feel good to be just honestly a better person and a better Micah, the best version of myself. I'm
1: trying Well, I think that is also an act of uh, practicing self-love and self-care. And um, human beings, when we actually, like when we are under stress, like for example, there's a deadline, I just will go harder on it. You know, that's what I used to do. And then I realized that after I started my own company and a lot of things, because I'm like basically the core, I have my team, but overall, I'm I'm re- responsible legally and financially and everything. So one of the things that I really realize is that when I am like basically going off balance a bit mentally, then I would physically also be a little bit off balance because I'm running around, you know, trying to rush deadlines and things like that. So a couple of months ago, I started doing yoga not very good at it, The meditation I love. And then also like sometimes when I have like a filing and people give you the stuff like 20 minutes before the actual deadline, and then you can tense uh, basically your whole body, especially the neck, shoulder area. So I ended up working a little bit more on those muscles and then try to, especially when I, before something that is really, really important deadline, I now force myself to go and just lay on my yoga mat for 15 minutes and just listen to calm music and listen to like meditation. Um, I have like meditation apps and stuff like that. And I didn't think that it was helpful at the beginning, but it really did calm me down. So I'm really glad that we are on the same path there.
2: It's a um, constant practice for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a constant practice, just like with anything, right? Like whether it's like, you know, taking a walk outside and committing to, you know, walking every other day or walking every day um, or, you know, reading a book, right? Like a lot of us, like probably for New Year's Eve, committed to wanting to read, you know, one book a month or whatever the case may be. I, I think it's like just taking that first step to do whatever it is that feels good for you.
1: Yeah, and then the, the key thing also is that you may want to be like, as women, a lot of time, the caretaker in us is that we want to take care of everybody else, but knowing that if you don't take care of yourself first, that whole effort is fertile, you know, because you can't take care of other people when you're not well yourself. I can't believe that we talk and and I mean, I am just so amazing at all should not be surprised that of all the wisdom that you have been sharing. So what are some of the key lessons learned that you would like to share with our audience?
2: I think the very first is be kind to yourself, right? We, we kind of had a lot of that theme of being kind to yourself. What I've come to realize most recently is that your thoughts become your reality. And if you really think about that concept for a minute, For me, it was a little bit mind-blowing because what it does is that I can actually change the narrative in my own head, right? And so by being kind to yourself, by thinking optimistically and positively about yourself or about a situation or whatever the case may be and not beating yourself up, the story in your head becomes a little bit more positive, not only about the circumstance that you, whatever that experience was, but also to yourself, and so I think it really all starts with being kind to yourself, right? Like I've, you know, we often hear um, or read somewhere like, talk to yourself like how you would talk to your best friend. Like you would never say all those like mean, terrible things to your friend. Do the same thing for yourself, right? Be kind, give yourself grace. I think that's the biggest life, le- life lesson that I, I could share and one that I'm working on constantly. Like I said, I'm competitive with myself. I'm, I'm my harshest critic. And so by just by changing that narrative really helps me significantly. And then the other I would say is take that first step Um, And it's hard, like, trust me, I'm, you know, I'm a busy mom, I got a lot going on. And sometimes when I'm giving to others, constantly giving, I don't have time to do whatever it is that I want to do and take that first step. So I totally, you know, get that this is definitely easier said than done. But take the first step, whether it's, you know, you want to, you know, lose weight, you want to get higher education, you want to get some kind of a certification, you want to make new friends, you, you know, whatever that is, you know, I kind of equate this analogy that I think of in my mind is, you know, if I want to get to a practice of like running, right, like running a pretty decent amount, I'm not going to go from like waking up one day, not, not ever running to like running a marathon. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get up and I'm going to commit to putting my shoes on and like walking around the block for 10 minutes, right? And then that 10 minute walk around the block, ends up being a jog for 15 or 20 minutes. And that jog ends up being possibly, and I've never run a marathon, you know, possibly running a marathon um, in the future. But I think the point is, you have to be able to take that first step. And sometimes people feel overwhelmed by the marathon, like that end outcome, that it's so hard to be able to get there. But if you break up the pieces to be able to get there, just that first step, take a class, watch a YouTube video, You know, whatever the case is that you kind of want to take that step towards, just take it. And that goes back to being kind to yourself, because you need to be able to do that for yourself in order to help yourself to achieve whatever it is you want to be able to achieve.
1: So true. One of the things I think, especially with the analogy that you use for, you know, taking baby steps to from taking like walks to incrementally going into marathon. So I mentioned that I started taking yoga. So there's a place near my house that is actually, it's a yoga studio because I've done yoga in uh, gyms before but I felt really rushed. And then there's like when the arms and the legs are swinging all over the place, warrior, and everything, oh, I'm no, I cannot do this. But like my mom lives with me um, and I want her to remain flexible. She's actually more flexible than me in yoga posts. And um, so I just signed both of us up to do yoga. So on Saturday morning, we just go do, to do alignment. Basically, there's a classical called align. Sometimes I would go like a 6 a.m. yoga. But this morning, I was like, I knew that I was going to have an interview. I had like a crazy day yesterday. So I gave my permission to myself that, hey, don't work yourself so hard. And so I canceled my 6 a.m., slept a little bit more to sleep, is the best self-care. It took like that extra hour to sleep. And then I came on and I had the best discussion with you. So thank you so much. On the eve of you turning 40, which is a major milestone, and I am so glad, one, you said yes, two, that we have such an amazing bond, and so much similarities, yet we could learn so much from each other. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to do this virtual water cooler chat podcast. So thank you so much, Micah.
2: Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation and more power to you for doing this for for
1: women around the world. Well, hopefully that's the case, right? (laughs) That's the kindness, the kindness part that I wanted to instill because I think as professional women, we tend to be, uh, we judged by a certain standard and we are also harsh on ourselves. So at times, I think that we just need to be kinder to ourselves and also let other women hear that you're not alone. There's so many other people that are going through similar things or sometimes harsher things. So I'm really glad that I started this podcast and it's going so well in terms of impact, baby steps. So thank
2: you. That's right. Absolutely. You are so welcome.